Hey, beautiful mama, and welcome to Bell and Beyond. I'm your podcast host, Katie, a mama of one little legend, Hunter, and we have been on the most wild health journey ever. My son was born and diagnosed with a cleft lip, and I want to share with you how I was empowered through it all. This podcast is for mums or soon-to-be mums and dads. Feel free to jump in too. It's a place to debunk the many motherhood myths that leave us feeling confused, lost, and misguided. I want you, mama, to walk away from every episode feeling empowered and educated to make choices that feel right for you and your family. My heart is to see mamas connecting back to their roots and being exposed to ancient wisdom with modern day education. I'll be bringing you open and real conversations around topics we are not talking about enough with people passionate about seeing you, mama, thrive from the belly and beyond. Well, welcome back to another joyful episode with Bell and Beyond with Joy. I hope this lands joyfully in your fave potty app this morning or this afternoon, whether you're walking or driving or whatever the vibes are. I hope this reminds you, this beautiful conversation with Simone, that you can overcome anything, that there's so much strength that's already inside you and you are worthy and loved just the way you are. So I just want to say that from the onset. So Simone McKenzie has been someone that I have found through social media. We've connected online. We both run really similar businesses and we're in the online space. And we're both women literally wanting to just love people and care for others. Now, Simone has gone on an incredible eight-year journey with breast implant illness. And she's going to share a little bit more about that today. And I love how vulnerable and open she is. She is so sweet. And it's quite a big journey to get your breast implants removed. And she's going to discuss why that took place and how she's overcome that with her health, her mindset, her family, her newfound joy and vision for her life and her family. And I love following her over on Instagram. She's fun. She's colorful. She was an air flight attendant in a previous life, a fashion designer in a previous life. And every time I see Simone, I feel a little bit more joyful, a little bit more lighter and a little bit more hopeful. And she's definitely a mum that I look up to that's a little bit further along on the journey to me with complete inspiration. So I know you're going to love this real, raw, honest chat with her and how she's found joy in this season being in lockdown of Sydney, while also still a few years after her implants were taken out she's focused on her health and wellness. So let's get right into it. I have the beautiful Simone here today to share a little bit more about her health journey. Welcome, Simone. Hey, how are you? That's so good. I'm so glad that you're here. Can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and a top mama tip? Oh, gosh, I've got so many top mama tips. Okay, (laughs) but first, a little bit about me. My name is Simone McKenzie. I'm 43. I've been married to my husband, Alex, Oh gosh, now I've lost count. I think it's 19, something like 19 years. I have to go back and check that. Isn't that terrible? We met when I was 14. So we've had a bit of a crush on him for quite a long time before we actually started um, dating. And we have three children. We have three teenagers. So I had three kids in three and a half years. How's that for um, being mind blown? Yeah, that was pretty intense. But you you know what's super cool is when you're in it, I figure you just may as well keep staying in it. And first two were two years apart to the week. And then my third was within 17 months. So I have two girls and a boy. And they're now almost all as tall as me or taller. 
So it's like we have this house of five adults. It's expensive, but funny. (laughs) And I do love watching your Instagram because I feel like there's always some little adventure you guys are going on. Like it looks like it's just a household of a bunch of friends. Like you all look like you're just having fun and you're flicking pens around or you're doing different things or your daughter's jumping in all your videos. I'm just like, hi mom, I'm interrupting all your business calls. I know. And it's what's fun is they are a lot of fun and we're a pretty creative household. My husband is an artist and I have a fashion background. So I like to colourful and bright and wear some crazy things. And my eldest has her own pottery business and my middle has her own jewellery business. So it's a couple of good things to come out of lockdown, you know, last year and this year. So it's a pretty creative household. We'd love to do a bit of TikTok action and dancing, dancing in the kitchen. Do you know what? That's beautiful because I recently was listening to someone say, what are you going to reflect on in a decade about this season of lockdown? And for you, it sounds like your family, it's going to be a season of creativity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think you've got to try and find the fun in the everyday, right? Because otherwise it's just like Groundhog Day and it's a bit boring and and monotonous. And and look, it's not always fun. There's definitely lots of hard days, but I do make them do some silly things. I made them make a video last year. We choreographed a song to Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. (laughs) We changed the words to Stay Inside. And we, my eldest daughter Darcy filmed us and edited it all together and it's on YouTube if you want to check it out they hate me for it and it's my voice singing which is really really bad but I look at it that they hated me whilst I was making them do it but now it's hilarious and what a really cool timestamp to to show what you did and in that crazy you know uncertain time yeah, and look, it's safe forever, right? So they, you can show I your grandkids them forever, right? <laughs> That's the one goal. There's one mama tip for you. Make sure you try to embarrass your children. Um, <laughs> um, but my mama tip would probably be, oh, a big one, don't make multiple meals for your children. It's one meal for the whole family to eat every night. And from the very Got beginning, it. my kids, we'd do a baked dinner and they would, get pureed baked dinner or I do pork chops and apples and baked potatoes and that's what they would get pureed. I've never once made multiple meals for my kids and now they eat anything and everything that I put in front of them. There's no complaining. It's that or nothing. Wow, that's awesome because, yes, some men, some mums go loopy trying to make all these different foods. I like that. I like that. I don't like that. Tough. Like, <laughs> tough. Tough. tough luck. That's that's dinner. I've made it. That's me eating. And no, um, that's okay, you can have a sandwich or that's okay, I'll make you something else. No, no. <laughs> you eat that and, and that's all there is. Well, I mean, if I was getting pork chops and apple sauce when I was growing up for dinner, I'd be pretty <laughs> do you like cooking um my husband is an amazing cook there was a, a time when Darcy was little and my Alex was flying to the UK for work and I said to her Darcy daddy has to go over to London for a couple of weeks and her first reply was but mummy who will cook dinner because daddy is the one that cooks. So she was quite mortified. So I, I can cook, but he is much better than me. So I do let him take the reins on that one. 
there's a role for everybody in the family, whatever, whatever works, right? I'm sure there's other things that you do that he doesn't do. A big mum role is your mood and your emotion sets the tone for the whole house. And if you're in a mm. shitty mood, the whole house is in a shitty mood. So, you know, that's a bit of pressure for a mum to have, but it is amazing how much your kids feed off your vibe and your mood. Yeah, I love that, which definitely launches me into the next question. How do you spark joy for yourself as a mom, a business owner, as a wife, for the whole household and also for yourself? Uh, Look, I think it's different in every season and different every day. I make sure I take time out for me away from everyone every day. We live in Cronulla, so we're quite close to the beach. So I make sure that I'm either going down for a swim on my own or going for a walk on my own just to escape my family because I'm fortunate that they do love me and love us, but it can be very all-consuming and claustrophobic when they're always around, especially at the moment with lockdown. So yep. you ha- I make sure I get up, I have my routine with my breakfast What and, and my routine. I don't like to rush. I like to take things slowly and I make sure I always put makeup on every morning. Mm-hmm. and get dressed. I never say I don't have a dressing gown. I don't stay in my pajamas. I need to get dressed for the day, do my hair and makeup because it makes me feel awake and it makes me feel like I'm confident and capable to handle anything that is thrown my way. It's a bit like when you would go to work. I used to fly. I was a flight attendant. I always had to do full hair and makeup and that was, yeah. you put your face on in, in a sense and it just sets the tone for the day and I still do that and otherwise I feel like I am a bit sleepy and not on my game. Yeah, well, you've kind of got that comfy, slouchy, sort of like lay on the couch, movie, tracky vibe, don't you? It doesn't feel like you're getting up, getting ready for work. It doesn't exactly. Feel in that kind of action mode. I want to achieve something every day. I want to look back and reflect and feel like I've achieved something and accomplished something every day. Absolutely. And I think that also is why people get up and make their bed. And they say statistically, people that get up and make their bed every morning are more ready and enter the day more positively than the ones that just kind of rush out the door and leave everything messy. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, clean because a clean house, clean mind. My house is not particularly um, clean <laughs> um, or tidy, but yeah, it, it's definitely having that, that routine. And how have you been managing your routines and everything that you still kind of believe in with the kids at home and the kids homeschooling and making sure the kids are feeling grounded and heard and quality time with your family as well as building your business and everything else? Definitely good to like time block, but again, it comes down to routine. You have to sort of treat it as if they are going to school for a school day. So if they were younger, I would still be making their lunch boxes and having them all on the bench ready them for them to to grab so that I'm not always feeling like I'm cooking. But for, for them, because they're teenagers, I do leave them to their own devices a little bit. I've, I figure they're old enough to know when they've got their Zooms and, and how to, to show up. And if, if you're not showing up, well, then you're doing yourself a disservice. So I think uh, they need to be accountable for their own actions from a young age. But I think just trying to keep things pretty calm and mellow. We don't watch a lot of the news and just try to keep things fun as an escape from their schoolwork and online. And then when they, they're finished, we'll go for a walk or I'll make them get outside. We might, one of my daughters loves to bake, so she'll bake something and we'll you know have that for afternoon tea or, or whatever. But we are all present and we eat dinner tonight, uh, dinner at the table together every night. And we can have a bit of a brief, uh, a debrief and a rundown of what the day has held for everyone but they we are pretty close so we they tell me everything like literally everything so 
it's good that I can sometimes too much sometimes too much sometimes like I have so much I have like five people's problems running through my head <laughs> that I'm like I sometimes I struggle to solve my own let alone five people's problem <laughs> and look the joyful Simone that we see on you know social media or we're hearing today hasn't always been your story you've actually come out of a really big hard season with your breast implant illness so I'd, if you be so kind i'd love you to share a little bit about to say everything but just a little bit about your story and really what you've got through and what you've overcome yeah it's um, sometimes it feels like a, a different person was living that life um mm. to who i am now and uh, i sometimes have to go back and go oh that's right that happened but it really what happened has sort of shaped me immensely to who i am now so as i mentioned i had you know three kids in three and a half years big boobs or, or boobs in general is probably something that I always wanted. I'm nearly six foot. I'm really lean, never had a large chest and then breastfeeding three children really closely together and your weight fluctuations really left my confidence really low. And it's such a common thing, right? Instead of acknowledging the fact that, oh my gosh, you have created, grown, birthed, fed, nourished three babies and how incredible is your body for doing that we don't do that and and maybe it's a societal thing but we look at the effect the negative effect that has had on our body instead of acknowledging how brilliant our body is and so for me I wanted to regain my self-confidence and so I when my youngest son was 18 months old, I went down the path of having implants put in and they weren't big implants at all because I'm not a showy type of person. They were purely just to get me back to what my breastfeeding boobs were like. You know, that fuller, delicious, skinny. Yeah. And for me, it's always been, um, I felt skinny. And for me, when I feel really skinny, I don't feel strong and healthy. I feel weak. And so that was definitely to to make my self-confidence better so that I could just function and, and go on normally. And look, I loved them. I loved everything about the instant confidence boost, the boost in my relationship with my husband too, because I was more self-confident. So therefore our relationship grew intimately, but my body actually hated the implants, mm, sure. which broke my heart because I loved them. But mm. Long story short, they were trying to kill me my body was telling me straight away from like six weeks after they went in that something's not right. This doesn't feel right. I started getting rashes on my chest. My toes started to swell. My hips started to hurt. My ribs started to hurt. I lost vision in one of my eyes. Like my whole body was just going, yeah, something's not right. And every doctor I went to said, you've just um, raising three babies. You're tired, mum." Your body uh, is just fatigued. You need to rest more. I can't rest. I've got three babies or three toddlers. And it got to the point where I was, I saw like the GP and they wanted to send me to a foot surgeon to cut open my foot to see why it was swollen. They wanted, sent me to a, a neurologist because I lost my vision. They had to check my brain to see what was going on. I had to go to the eye doctors and every doctor, they sent me to a rheumatologist because they said, I've oh, got arthritis everywhere. And every doctor that I went to, the first thing I said to them, do you think my body's reacting to these breast implants? Because the, you look at the timeline and it's, it kind of matches up and I went, oh, no, 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 no. No, it's totally fine. 
the silicone implants are an inert object and your body doesn't respond like that to them. It could have been the stress of the surgery, lowering your immune system, or the fact that you've got three children, you're actually fine because on paper, your bloods are fine. You're just symptomatic of things. So maybe maybe it's in your head, maybe you're making it up from your attention because you're a busy mum, right? So these are the sort of things that I'm hearing from these medical professionals that have trained for so many years. But deep down, I'm like, I don't feel like mum instinct, female instinct. I didn't feel like it was, that was true. But I listened to them because they're the trained professionals. And look, over the course of nine years, I was in and out of different specialists blood tests every week. I was put on every single antibiotic known to man. I was on cancer drugs. I was on heavy steroids. My gut was just destroyed. I couldn't drink alcohol because my liver was so overloaded with medication that if I had one glass of wine, I would be like paralytic drunk for like hours. Wow. It was just this overload of my system. And then I went to self-injections of immune suppressing drugs every week for like eight years. So my immune system, I was basically turning off my immune system to fight anything else to keep, well, looking back, to keep my body from rejecting the implants. But my poor body, instead of listening to her and she was crying out for help, I was listening to the doctors that weren't treating me as a person. They were treating what was on paper and I didn't fit the box, right? They go through the box and go, oh, you don't have this, you don't have that, then it mustn't be, who knows what it is. Mm. But look, the medication was brilliant. It helped ease my symptoms and I could get back to living normally, which was great because I was a busy, busy mum and I, I couldn't use my double bugaboo pram as a walking Zimmer frame because forever that's why I had to go on the med so I would take one kid to preschool and load all the kids in the pram and I couldn't walk because the arthritis was like everywhere so medications were brilliant and they took that pain away and I could get back to normal until I couldn't so what I mean by that is I reached a tipping point where the drugs just kind of stopped working and my system again started to shut down my vision went again. I was having crazy heart palpitations. I, my heart uh, was just going really fast after I'd exercise and then I'd faint. There was just a whole lot of stuff going on. My adrenals were shot. I was shaking. I would get these horrible tremors as I slept at nighttime, like someone had me plugged into an electric blanket. I was anxious. I was depressed. Everything was just basically crashing down around me and The doctors, again, didn't know why that was happening. They pulled me off all my medication thinking I was reacting to it and everything just got worse and worse and worse and worse. And I was kind of left feeling like doctors can't help me. I'm being a burden to my family because I'm on the lounge. I can't work. I can't drive. I'm not giving to the family. I can't think of the right word, but I'm providing joy, fun, love, finance, anything, because I I, I couldn't. I was just like bedridden and my husband was like my carer and my kids were watching me on the floor crying in pain and I was looking at them going, oh, my gosh, what am I doing to them mentally long term? Mm. I'm so much of a burden. Maybe I'd be better off not even being here anymore. Yeah, wow. And to get to that low point in your life, that's like to sit there and look at your family and go, you know what, 
they'd actually be okay if I died because Alex mm. is a good cook. He, he's good with the kids. He'll raise them really well on his own. I'm just being a burden. And that's shit. Am I allowed to swear? That's shit. Like if anyone gets to that point in their life, th- that's not okay. And I think I reached so low that I st- like something must have switched and I started to go, hang on a second. I've been saying all along that something's not right with my body and no one's listening to me. And so I'm so grateful that I've been blessed with stubbornness and perseverance that I started to research on the internet and Google at this point completely saved my life because I typed in issues or or health issues related to breast implants Mm. and a whole lot of things came up and this Facebook page came up that tens of thousands of women were a part of who all explained the lupus symptoms, the Lyme symptoms, the MS symptoms, the arthritis, the fatigue, the chronic fatigue, the depression, the anxiety, the suicidal thoughts, the gut issues, all of these things. I went, oh, my gosh, they're like me. I found this community of women. I found this sisterhood of women who were saying that no doctor is listening to me. Wow. Um, could this be the, the issue? And it was. And so I basically spent like 24 hours researching every single post in that Facebook page. And then within six weeks, I had my implants removed. Mm. And it's been four years since I had them removed. And I'm medication free. I'm still working on my body detoxing all the rubbish that I put in it but I'm working on trying to find the love back for her and I feel sad for what I put her through but Mm. I'm so glad that she didn't give up on me. Mm. Wow, so full on and I love that you're on the ground and you were like, I either literally can't live anymore or I'm going to get up and fight the heck out of this like you hit that crossroad in your life and I think it's such a real characteristic like you said of strength and overcoming and just that I'm gonna fight this like no one's gonna get me down no one's gonna take me out like I got life to live like that kind of grit and fight came Mm, out yeah and then in that moment you literally found your answer and I just think that's so encouraging for people out there that are at their end and they really want to give up and they can't take an email with whatever illness they're going through and we know there's so many different things people suffer with out there and sometimes you get so overwhelmed by what all these professionals are saying to you and it dulls down your intuition Mm. but then you still deep down just don't feel settled about things and I know I definitely felt like that with my son with all his diagnosis and all the things they were saying to me one of the things I say is I feel like I've lost my mother's intuition because I have all these voices in my head and I just had to cut it all out for just like a couple of weeks so I could breathe into me. And as soon as I did that, everything changed. So I can relate a little bit on that level. Wow. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing what the actual heck, nine years you suffered. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you no, know, it's so strange looking back because it does feel like when you look at past versions of yourself, previous careers or things. So that was a different Simone and that was a different Simone. And it definitely feels like that. I pine for 
the healthy version of Simone before all of this. I'm still trying to forgive myself because I think deep down I have grief and regret that I knowingly did this for vanity reasons rather than acknowledging the awesomeness that my body is or was or, or, yeah, that's something that I think I'm almost at that point now where I forgive myself. Uh, I didn't know that would happen. I kind of beat myself up going, oh, my gosh, I did this intentionally, and but I didn't, and I think it's not about what situation you're dealt in life. It's how you respond to that situation. We can't control the situation we're placed in, but you can control how you react or respond in that moment. I hope you're absolutely just feeling so hopeful and so connected to Simone's story. I love how honest and real she is. I know there's many women out there that have suffered with breast implant illness. It doesn't affect everyone that gets implants and it can affect people in totally different ways. And from what I understand, when we can feel very alone in this season, very confused, misguided, treated as if they have other things when they don't. And through like Facebook groups and connecting with other women on the same journey, it's created a real sense of connection and support. If you in fact have loved this episode and you are just feeling so encouraged by Simone's story and you're going through something yourself that has been really difficult in this season and you maybe even lost hope, I would love if you could DM me. I can totally keep it anonymous or write a review how this episode just spoke to you in this season of difficulty, has inspired you, has given you the hope to continue on, to keep digging and finding answers to whatever you're going through. Maybe it's pivoting your business. Maybe it's creating more fun and joy in your life. I'd love to hear from you. Love to hear how this podcast episode has impacted you. And if you just take 10 to 15 seconds to share it with a friend that you know needs some hope in their life too, or to Instagram, that would just be amazing because I just want to continue to sprinkle this joy and love everywhere we can and remind women, especially mamas, across this country, they're freaking boss and worthy of it all. Your intentions with making that decision were pure heart. It was just something, an addition that you thought could add to your journey and feeling good and confident. In your mind, it was probably like going and buying a new outfit and getting new clothes and that kind of amplifying. You don't sit, no one sits there and makes decisions like that and think that there's going to be these horrible consequences. negative consequences, yeah. especially when you've seen other people get implants and That's maybe right. that didn't happen to them. Well, that was the thing. I knew so many girls and with the same, the same surgeon and so it wasn't. And they're like, and a lot of, that's why a lot of them were like, what are you doing? Why, why are you having these issues? Are you making it up? And then you go, oh, my God, why me? Why me? Like, why can't I just be one of those girls that just flies through it, no drama? And I'm learning now that I can't go back and go, why did that happen? All I can go back and go, okay, so what have I learned? You know, this has opened my eyes to so many things and learned so much about myself medically. Um spiritually, personality-wise, that I – someone said something to me the other day, you're like a, a chain breaker for future oh, generations. I and I went, oh, that's so good. And, and because what I've learned I can now put into practice to benefit the, my direct generations to come 
and impact their lives. We've I've had to, we've cleaned up our diet. We're doing all different supplements, trying to get mindfulness going with the kids and exercise and things that we never had growing up. And now I can impart that to my direct generations, but also to other women that are going through this. And I've I use my voice. Um, I think if I've gone through this, if I can prevent somebody else going through what I am, then this is my kind. Maybe this is like my purpose. I don't know. And so I openly speak up about this and I put myself out there sometimes amid public scrutiny because people have an opinion, right? You can even at the moment, everyone has an opinion and no one's opinion is wrong or right. We have to remember that everyone's opinion is their own opinion and they're entitled to that. But I put myself out there in the hopes that I can help somebody that it resonates with somebody and go, oh my gosh, that her story is my story. And the amount of women that I get reaching out to me daily saying, thank you so much. I read your posts that you did in the, in the, I was in the newspaper and you're on TV and thank you so much because if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't know what was wrong with me and I'd be dead or, and I've had, oh, my, seriously depressed. had my implants removed and now I'm healing. And if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't have known. So for the girls listening that may also have implant, if you're not getting the reactions that you had, which were quite on a spectrum and it was quite quickly, mm. does that mean that their implants aren't affecting them or could it silently be affecting them and it could accumulate over time and then you could have a reaction later? Like, Do you know the science behind it? Look, it's a lot of it has to do with your body. My implant, when it was removed, it was perfectly fine and healthy and intact and looked amazing, wasn't leaking, nothing. Some implants can leak or leach, or but for me, it was definitely my body reacting. And some okay. react instantly, some react over time, some react if they change their implants out. But the thing you have to remember is it's any impactful situation or event in your life put stress on your body, which lowers your immune system. So that can trigger something as a reaction to your implants there. So it might not be straight away. It could be long-term, but look, I know plenty of women who've had implants for 30, 40 years and they're totally fine. Yes. Okay. So it's like if you're allergic to cats, not everyone is allergic to cats, but sometimes they are allergic to cats from birth or from something like my son all of a sudden got became allergic to cats when he was like 10. So sometimes there's some sort of trigger and your body can um, react in that way. So, look, I would always say if you're noticing any burning pain or on the site or any other sort of symptom or autoimmune issue or something where you just don't feel right, don't disregard that it could be the implants because it could. And, And wouldn't you rather get it checked out and know that it could actually be a simple fix like that? Rather than go into medication for arthritis, for any autoimmune, whatever it is, wouldn't you actually just be better off going down the the path of exploration and going, actually, what if it is? There's no test that you can, like a blood test that will say, yes, your body's reacting to your implants, but Mm. you can start to, you know, ask the question and do a little bit of research for yourself and make that decision for yourself some women have had reactions and then they don't want to believe it because they love their implants so much so they'll happily be medicated and that's totally fine remember it's everyone's personal choice and your body to do what you want to do but at least have it in the back of your mind that if you are experiencing something that doesn't have a reason or a cause it could actually be the implants 
Yeah, but it could also one. be for any. It doesn't have to be breast implants. It could be any implantable device. It could be if you had vaginal mesh, like if you had a prolapse. Like there's a lot of people that are having reactions to that. I mean, that's a trickier surgery, right? But it could be birth control. It could be the implanon that you're injected. My sister had one of those and she had to have it removed because she was reacting to it because her body didn't like it. Yeah. Um, it could be root canal or feelings or there's a whole lot of things that sometimes your body is sensitive to of anything that you're putting in yeah absolutely they're the warnings aren't they yeah. they're warnings from the body they're triggers wow and i just love the way you live your life now because i just know that like i always say you're in the sun getting vitamin d you're really passionate about your supplements you were just telling me before hey go to the chiropractor and it's opened up this whole world of health and maybe you're at one point on the spectrum with your health journey and now you've advanced so much over time bit by bit introducing new things to the point where you're actually at this place now where you're just so excited about health and passionate about health and it's part of your family and it's become a real joy to be healthy and cook healthy food and talk about it. And you're right, it is it is like a purpose to share that knowledge and wisdom with people, which is why I started the whole podcast, because there's so many myths out there that people are convinced about on their motherhood journey or whatever and I'm just so of the philosophy, there's always another way, there's always another choice, there's always another option, there's something could be alternate that works for you that you've never heard of before. So I'm always of the mentality, just never give up. Never give up until you've literally tried everything because it might be the last thing like you, Googling breast implant illness that could literally change your whole life and become one of your biggest breakthroughs or your chain break yeah. for the rest of your life yeah. and now you're thriving you've got a successful business your amazing family so what's life looking for you in the next five years let's forget that COVID exists oh, and Simone's <laughs> excited for the future like what have you got to look forward to now that you're on the other side of this um it's a funny thing to say actually isn't it? because we're so we're kind of living in the present moment right we're living kind of day to day at the moment aren't we because we're in, we're you know we're in lockdown in Sydney, that's kind of a nice thing to try to do is actually stop and dream again because I feel like yes. we haven't been able to dream um, about what we want to do. And my daughter is starting her HSC next term, so we're going to have three kids that are graduating and travel for us is a huge thing. My husband travels every year for work to get ideas for making paintings. He has exhibitions once a year. We've travelled to Japan a couple of times. And the kids are really adventurous and love to try different foods. Children get on better when we're traveling in another country <laughs> than they do at home. Isn't that funny? But I think for me what my dream and goal would be is to be able to travel more, to keep healthy. That's definitely for me at the moment. It's a real, it's a real daily thing that I do every day to try to boost my health I feel like I'm so passionate about that that there is some sort of element of study involved in there for me to actually go forward and and study health things alternative Wonderful. health things but to be able to everything so I think future wise really revolves around the family and to maintain that strong friendship with the kids that they still want to hang out with us and still want to do things as adults and as they start bringing in um, partners and potential family members of them to actually have this really tight unit and to keep working on that. But 
I'm going to have to sit down actually and, and journal that and dream that because I feel like the last two years hasn't been able to dream that far ahead. Yeah, it's a beautiful, like James and I, as my husband, we try to sit down. It's not necessarily super intentional. It's a bit more random, but we try to talk about our dreams like twice, if not once a week, just oh, wow. to keep our fire alive. Otherwise, some of the things that we want to do seem so can seem so out of reach mm. that if we don't talk about it all the time, someone or something will put that fire out. And it could be things like traveling to India because we want to go like raise money for cleft orphanages and raise money for surgeons to go and, you know, do surgical um, repairs on all these kids that get basically marginalized from the caste system and they all get marginalized and put in an orphanage together. And, that limitless thinking to wow. actually believe we can. And I loved, I was watching Sisterhood. I don't know if you saw it, but they said, contact a friend, a beautiful memory from the past and remind them of something joyful. And then also sit down and remind them of something beautiful that's going to take place in their future that they will get to, oh, and to, to stay hopeful. So I've been trying to do that with friends because at the end of the day, we're not going to be in this forever. It's impossible that this will stay forever. Yeah. Maybe it's an extended time, but there is this life waiting for us on the other side. So I'm really excited for you. Sounds like you've done many walks of life. Like now you're going into health, you've done fashion, effort, like you've got a business. As a mum, we're just these eternal evolutionalists, aren't we? Is that the right <laughs> word? I don't know. But we, 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 we are reinventing and evolving who we are so often. And I said to my husband last night, I've had so many different careers. You've had one. When you were like when you're like 17, you're still doing the same thing, right? I think that's just what we do as women. We are forced to evolve and we are forced to pivot. That word's been used a lot in the last couple of years and change and keep moving forward. And and that can be hard, but I think if we can do it with joy, then we're showing our kids that sometimes things don't always go to plan and that's okay doesn't mean we fall um, in a heap. We're allowed to have a bit of a pity party for a little while, but it's really important that we get back up and we dust ourselves off and that's resilience and that's this whole homeschooling thing. I said to my son yesterday, he's 13, and I went, well, if it came down to it and I actually did pull you guys out of school, how I would run my homeschool is so different to what you're doing right now. You know, we'd be talking about getting grounding and fresh air every day and learning how to sit and be with no technology and dream and manifest and believe all the good things that can come to you. We'd learn how to cook. We'd learn about health and nutrition. We'd learn how to build things and we'd learn how to budget and finance and mortgages and (laughs) all these things that they don't teach us and about how to be a nice person, but also how to react and respond in situations because they're the life skills that I'm hoping that my kids are learning than sponges aren't. And there's probably a lot more dialogue in your household at the moment, a lot more sharing, a lot more talking. Oh, my gosh, so much talking. All I do is talk. <laughs> like all three of Which... them have my self-confidence and my husband, being an artist, he listens to classical music and he's quiet, he's mellow, and this poor guy just gets bombarded with all of us doing like stupid TikToks and dancing around the house. But, look, it's not all sunshine and roses and yeah. there's plenty of tears and there's – glasses of wine going down at night time and there's yelling at my children at nine o'clock at night going can you please go the bleep to sleep because I've been up since six you've been up since whatever time it's now nine o'clock at night I need mummy and daddy time to whinge about you (laughs) to to each other and complain and vent it's definitely not um 
rainbows and unicorns. There's yeah. a lot of real life. And I think that's one thing that I've always done on my social media. I do share a lot and I'm real and I'm raw and unedited and yeah. that's real. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. Like sometimes there's yeah. horrible days, but we choose to try to find the goodness in every day and show up happy and joyful. And But some days it's okay to feel a bit yuck and eat a block of chocolate yeah. and watch Netflix. <laughs> that was me. I went to the shops yesterday, and this is very out of character for me, but I went to the frozen section to find anything gluten-free, and I bought pre-made crepes. I bought, like, the biggest thing of goat cheese, the big, big, big jars, and Jane was like, oh, my gosh, what did you buy? dollars <laughs> worth of goat cheese. I bought all these snacks, and I got home, and I was like, I didn't even buy a hunt of fruit. <laughs> I forgot to get, like, the basic – because I was like, I have had a hard day. I just need to have all these snacks. I think our food bill was like $300. James was like, what did we buy? He's like, I'm like, never nothing. letting you at this time of the month ever go shopping again. After <laughs> it's <our> dangerous. <laughs> and I just needed it. And I literally had cheese and crackers for dinner. I was like, I just need something tasty. And that's okay. You got it. You just, some days you just got to do what you got to do to get through, right? <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for sharing your story and being so real and open. I know that it was a long journey and it, there was definitely so many hard moments in and all and through in between, but I think it's just so encouraging that you got through it. You know, you've got your faith to get through it, you've got your community and your family to get through it, but it, it, at the end of the day, it was you that made the choice to get through it, no matter how much everyone's loving on you you're the one that got the fight to push through and radically change your life to become basically a walking inspiration and a permission slip for other people to not give up on their health and to continue to find answers and thrive. And it's just a beautiful story. So thank you so much, Simone. Oh, well, thank you. That's, that's very kind of you to say. It's, you kind of don't feel like that at all because you're just doing what you can. So thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Bell and Beyond. Mama, I know you're so busy and your time is precious. So I hope today's episode has left you feeling more empowered around your choices and that your voice matters. If you have loved this week's episode, make sure you subscribe and get all the weekly updates. It would also be so awesome if you could leave a five-star review for this independently run podcast produced by this mama herself, And if you've had all the feels today and a mum's popped into your mind, jump over, send her a DM or share it on your stories. That would be the absolute best. If you have any questions at all, connect with me over on my Instagram at bellyandbeyond underscore and let's write or rewrite your story of motherhood together. 